0: Connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, Because I really want us to take some time today to celebrate. This is going to be a celebration Sunday. We're calling it Impact Sunday. We're going to be taking a look at what happened in 2023. All the evidences of God moving in and through his church, his people. And we're going to celebrate those things. But we're also going to take a little bit of time at the very end to look forward to see where he's leading us and what we foresee happening in 2024. And so today, uh, I'm not hiding anything. I'm just going to share it with you. We're going to have some fun with it. And so right up front, I just want to tell you, here's my goal today. Uh, My prayer as we've been building toward this Sunday is that each and every one of you would commit to engage with MBF and the mission here. And uh, I mean engage on a deeper level, each and every one of us. I think one of the mistakes that we make as the American church so often, is that we attend church, but we're not really engaged. And so my prayer and hope is that every one of you in 2024 would take another step, that you would engage at a deeper level, that you would be a part of everything that God is doing in and through this body of believers. Now, this is what God calls us to do, is to commit ourselves to the local church. we we got to find some place, a community of believers, that we can invest in. We can we can put down roots. We can grow. And uh, so I hope that today, by the time you leave here today, that you will resolve in your heart that, yes, 2024 is going to be different. I will be more active. I'm going to be more involved. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give of myself more freely in all these different areas. And so, uh, because I believe that's what it's going to take, really, for us to be able to accomplish what God has for us in 20. 20- Now, before we jump into uh, looking back, I want to show you kind of why I think this is important. So grab your Bibles, head over to Joshua chapter 1. This is where we're going to start this morning, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, if you don't know this story, where we're headed in the book of Joshua, let me just kind of catch you up a little bit. Uh, We know that uh, for the first part of the Bible, uh, God's people ended up in Egypt, and they were in slavery in Egypt for about 400 years And then God sends Moses in. And and if you've watched the, the movie, The Ten Commandments, you know the story, right? Let my people go. And they go back and forth. And finally, Pharaoh sends them out. They leave. They get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh changes his mind. His whole army is after him. God does something absolutely incredible. Moses raises his staff. He parts the Red Sea. They walk across on dry ground. The Egyptian army goes in after them. And God closes the sea and does away with their enemies. Now, in this point of the Israelite history, you and I would look at that and say, if I had been a part of that, how would you ever, how would you ever doubt God, right? I mean, you, you just saw the most incredible thing happen, something you could not even imagine happen. God provided a way for you, and he took care of you. And so at this point, you would think from here on out, the Israelites are going to be God's people, and they're going to be unstoppable, And so what happens after that is they make their way out through the desert. They come to a place called Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, God makes a covenant with his people, and they make a covenant with their God. And and if I'm just simplifying the whole covenant, it's this. You're going to be my people, and I'm going to show my glory through you. And I ask you to trust in me, to obey me. That's all I ask you to do. That's the whole covenant, really. And if you you follow my ways, I'm going to bless you. But if you choose to go a different way, I'm going to take my hands off and I'm going to let you suffer the consequences for that. That's really the whole covenant. That's what God desired from his people. And so they leave Mount Sinai after making this covenant and they come to the Jordan and God says, if you follow me, I'm going to give you this land that's flowing with milk and honey. We call it the promised land. And, and the milk and honey thing is just this, this term that means it's rich. It's, it's uh, amazing. It produces all kinds of fruits and, and crops, and you're going to thrive and flourish in this new land that I'm giving you. And, and over and over again, God says, I'm giving it to you like it's yours. I'm giving it to you. All you have to do is just follow me, is to believe in me. And again going back to the Red Sea, you would think that that would be easy, right? And and yet by the time they get to the Jordan, they decide instead of going in and taking the land like God told them to, that they were going to send in some spies. Let's go check this out. They send in 12 spies. Well, the spies return and by the time they return, they give a bad report. 10 of the 12 say, "We can't take this land." Yes, it's everything that God said. Here's some of the fruit. It's flowing with milk and honey. The crops are amazing. The grapes are bigger than you've ever seen. But here's the problem the cities are fortified, and the people are like giants, and we're but like grasshoppers. That's what they said. And yet, two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, they return and they say, No. It's everything that God said, but yet it's the promised land. God has promised it to us. We should go in and take it because it's, it's God who said that we can take it. He's going to give it to us. And yet the ten drowned out the two. And they decide that they can't take the land, even though they've just seen what God did at the Red Sea. So because of that, God says, here's what's going to happen. Because of your unbelief, you're going to wander in the desert for 40 years until the entire generation dies off. Those 21 years and older have to die off before you'll come back to the promised land again. Except, get this, except for Caleb and Jacob. I'm sorry, Caleb and Joshua. Because they believed, I'm going to allow them to see the promised land. And that's exactly what happens. They pay a 40-year penalty, wandering in the desert, until that entire unbelieving generation dies off. Now, by the time they come back, 40 years later, they're standing at the edge of the Jordan, getting ready to move into the promised land again. Moses has now passed on. He's passed the baton on to Joshua. Joshua now is not only going to get to see the promised land, but he's leading the Israelites in to take it. And... and As they're coming up to the Jordan, God gives some instruction to Joshua. He's the leader of the Israelites, which Joshua will then give to the people. And I want us to pay attention to this because this is so simplistic, but yet it's the foundation for everything. Even today, thousands of years later, for each and every one of us as God's people, we need to pay attention to this. This is God's instruction to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 6, it says this, be strong and courageous, For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then, look at this, then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, check it out, will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, was it this idea that, Joshua, you're so amazing, you're so awesome, that's why I'm making this promise to you? No. Is it because uh, the Israelites are so strong and such a mighty you know, force? No. Why? It's because the Lord God, the Lord your God, is with you wherever you go. How does that apply to us today? Well, well we know today, now that we're in the new covenant through Jesus on the cross, and and risen from the grave, that when we receive Christ, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We have God with us. We just came through an entire season where we continually talked about Jesus coming, being born in a manger, this idea that God with us, this is what he was providing, is God with us through his Holy Spirit. So we get to live every day through the power of the Holy Spirit in communion with God. We have God with us. We're not God, don't mistake that, but God dwells with his people. And so um, this, this commandment, three times he says, be strong and courageous. Are we strong and courageous? Are, are we walking in that today? And if not, you need to be reminded that you have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and active and working in your life. God goes on to say, and if you do everything I've instructed you, you will prosper and succeed in everything that you do. Now, today, how do we know what God instructs us to do? Well, I think it's the same for us today as it was for them. It said, obey all the instructions. Do not deviate from them. Study, study them continually. Meditate on it day and night. What's he talking about? Well, at that point, they were talking about the Torah. They were talking about the books of Moses that Moses had passed on to his people. And we continue. That's the first five books of the Bible that you're holding but we continue to add to that and until now we have, we have a Bible that we, we can read through. We know what God's instructions are. We know how he desires us to live our lives. And if we do that, if we, if we meditate on those, if we study them continually, if we obey them, then good thing, things go well with you. They do. It's a 10 times better way of living your life than any other option that you have in this life. Now, what happens is, is they come to the Jordan And God instructs Joshua, I want you to to cross the Jordan. The entire nation of Israel is going to cross. They're not exactly sure how that's going to happen. But God tells him, I want you to put the priests out front. I want them to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And I want them to go into the river first, and then everyone will follow them. And this was a step of faith. And so what they do is the priests take the Ark of the Covenant, and they begin to walk toward the river. And and it says that in this moment, it was the flood season. And so the river was running high. And as they went to walk into the water, the whole river dammed up and began to back up upstream, and they crossed on dry ground. Uh, Very, very similar to what we saw at the Red Sea. Yes? No? Yes. What do you think God's doing in this moment? He's reminding them of who he is. That he's the one that made this promise. That he's true to his promise. This wasn't just a a one-act play. That he can do it whenever he wants to. And and so he he holds the river back and they begin to cross. And the priests stand in the middle of the river holding the Ark of the Covenant until the entire nation of Israel has crossed on dry ground. And then in chapter 4, Joshua does something very interesting. I want us to take a look at this starting in verse 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a what? A memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. He sends the 12 men into the the river and he says, just go in right where we cross in front of the Ark. I want you to grab a stone, grab a big stone. I want you to put it on your shoulders, carry it out, and we're going to build this memorial. And it's going to be a reminder for us as to what God did on this day. Why is he doing that? Because he knows that they need to remember this for what's ahead. And we need to do that in our own life. We, We need to keep a prayer journal where how God has answered prayer, how he's moved and worked in our lives. And that will help you as you take steps forward in your journey, your faith journey. Because what happens is we forget who God is sometimes. When we're facing a large wall, we forget the last one that God blew open for us. And he's saying, we need to remember this. For what God is going to do in the promised land, we need to be able to look back and remember what he has done. Now, today, we don't build a lot of memorials anymore, do we? Now, the reason for that, quite frankly, is... Because you'd have to go to the county and you'd have to pull a permit, and it cost a ton of money. And then they would put a bunch of restrictions on it. And even if it was stone, they'd make you put a sprinkler system in case the stone caught fire. And then they'd make you redesign all their roads into the memorial site, repave them, and then you would be able to land a DC 10 on them, even though they didn't take care of them when they had. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I shouldn't have gone down that road. That's my bad. That is my bad. Um, Did you enjoy your ride-in on this road today, though? Okay, good. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. All right. Sorry. Derailment. My bad. So, we just don't build a whole lot of memorials anymore, do we? Um, Today is a day of celebration. And and I'll tell you why. Because we we are going to, in in essence, we're going to build kind of a memorial a little bit. Uh, Just... Just a brief one, just to remember what God did, because I believe we're going to have to remember what he did this last year so that, that we will trust him as we take steps of faith into next year. Um, because the truth is this, God did some amazing things in 2023. Right on? Uh, I'm telling you, man, we, we, yeah, yeah, it's incredible what God did in 2023. And here's what's crazy about it. I can't even scratch the surface today on all the stuff that happened. There were story after story, and, and you could probably tell them. You could probably tell 30 minutes worth. And what I'm gonna do today is I'm gonna skip along the top uh, of the surface and just kind of touch on a few big, big things. I, I don't even have time to go into individual stories, and I know all of you have them because God was on the move in 2023 and doing some amazing things. The, the lives that we saw transformed the healings that we saw, the the marriages that were restored, the relationships that were redeemed, all the things that we saw this last year were all evidence that God is moving in and through his church. And if you're not a part of that, we want you to be a part of that. And this goes back to what I uh, challenged you with earlier. I want you to, to commit yourself to be in more of an integral part in what God is doing here in this body of believers in 2024 so that you can see it and experience it for yourself. Because I'm telling you, God has big plans for us in 2024. But here's what I learned out of 2023. That love gives and you did it. I saw it everywhere. And, And financially, yes, you did. But way beyond that, I saw many of you give of your time. Just to help neighbors, to help friends. I saw, I saw you give of your knowledge and your wisdom and your expertise and experience. I, I saw many of you commit to disciple somebody this year, and, and you're meeting with them once a week, and you're getting into the Word of God with them one-on-one. I saw many of you who had decided, you know what, I've received Christ, but I'm not growing. I need a discipler, and you went and found somebody, and you're meeting with somebody every week. And you're growing in your faith. I saw some of you jump into Bible studies. You've never done a Bible study in your life, and you got in one this year, and you begin to grow. We saw some amazing things this last year, because why? Love gives. Love gives. How do we know love gives? Because God so loved the world that he gave. And I think when we do that, we are closely resembling this God that we say that we love and we worship and serve. Love gives. It's part of who we are. Now, um, I think this is also important for us to get because I, I think that we have to live this out in 2024 for us to be able to accomplish all the things that God has set in front of us as a church. Now, uh, instead of a memorial today, what I want to do is I want to present to you, and I'm excited about doing this. We've been working on this for a while, but uh, we're going to present what I'm just calling the 2023 MVF Year End Impact Report. It's just an impact report. It's just looking back at 2023 and sharing with you um, all the things that, on a very, very general level, the things that God did this last year. And so um, you can find this report a couple different ways if you want to. You don't need to do it right now because I'm going to show it to you on the screen. But if you want to dive into it, I would encourage you to dive into it later. I'd also encourage you to share it with friends and family and other people that might be interested in this. But uh, you can find it on the website. Um, if you go to the website, that second menu at the very home at the very front, this is our home page uh, where it says 2023 Impact Report. If you click on that, you'll be able to find it right there. Uh, but you'll also be able to find it on the app as well because if you go to the MVF Colorado app today, it's right on the front page. That dynamic home page it shows up very first thing. We featured it so that you can find it very easily. But when you click on it, you'll come to our Impact Report for 2023. And in this report, uh, I just want to highlight a few things. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I want to point some things out to you because I think they're critical, and I want you to know why we think that they're important to track as well. Uh, They're just important for us to know because we want to know whether we're on track with what God is doing or not. Are we actually accomplishing what he's called us to accomplish or not? Now, uh, the first thing you come to is a letter from me. I'm not going to bore you with that. You can read that one later, all right? but secondly. Next page, we start talking about the weekends here at MBF, mainly Sunday mornings, what's happening on Sunday mornings. Can I just show you, we average 554 people on Sunday this year, which is way up. That's, an, that's amazing to me. Now, um, why do we track something like that? Because I know some people will kick back against that, like, oh, you're, you're counting people. That's just right, mega churches and blah, blah, blah. Uh, my response to that is this. The reason we count that is because, listen to me, every number Is a soul. Every number is a person that Jesus Christ loved, died for, and wants a relationship with. Every one of them is important. And there's an entire book in the Bible called Numbers where God numbers his people. So don't tell me we can't do this. We're supposed to be doing this. I think it's derelict not to do it. We need to know whether we're accomplishing what God uh, called us to accomplish or not. Now, um, I also want to point this out to you, too. 278 people attended online every Sunday, that's average almost 300 people just online. And that's important for us to know because we started this, you know, several years ago and it's an important outreach tool as well. Most people will check you out online before they ever step foot in the church. And I also know that we have a lot of people who are caring for sick loved ones and things like that that can't be exposed to you know, what's going on in the world around them. And so they're trying to protect their family. And so this is a way that they can stay connected to this body. And so it's awesome. But I will say out of those 300 people, you know, if you're tuning in online today and there's no reason for you not to be here, we want you here Uh, because this is where it happens. There's something amazing when God's people gather and worship and open the word of God together. And so you're missing out if you're not here. So we want you here. Uh, We also had 92 families attend for the very first time this year. That's not people, that's families and uh, unique families. And so I think that's incredible. It means that we're, we're doing what we're sent to do. We're reaching out to our, com- our community. We're reaching new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This one's staggering as well. 111 average Sunday volunteers. Every Sunday, on average, 111 people are volunteering in different positions. And it could be serving you coffee or um, you know watching your kids or whatever it is, uh, greeting at the doors. But all of them are our. Doing that so that we could sit in here and enjoy a service and open up the Word of God and learn and grow. And so that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. So that tells me we have a good number of people that are already engaged here in Mountain View Fellowship. And and I want you, if you're not engaged in that, I want you to get this. Because we have a philosophy here that says serve in one, worship in the other which means be here for both services. Serve in one so that other people can enjoy a service, and then you get to go and attend it and let them watch your kids and serve you donuts and things like that. That's, that's the way that, that we serve one another. That's the way God's designed it. We are called to serve. So worship in one, serve in another, and you pick that up. Well, that means i got to be there for two hours. Uh, yeah, that's what that means, you know? And I don't think that's too much to ask for. I think that's incredible, to serve one another, because why? We love God and we love each other. That's what we do. Um. Also, we had 258 prayer requests sent out to our prayer team this year, and uh, the giving, I'll just tell you this, is through the end of November, so it doesn't include December, but we're just over $1.2 million in giving this year. And I will tell you, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. And I'll also tell you, the last six months, we've been kind of skimming by by the skin of our teeth. And I know you're going, $1.2 and you're skimming along, well, what in the world? I'm about to show you why, okay? And the reason for that is because we started so many new ministries, and there was so much ministry going on, it was incredible how much we were able to accomplish this year. But here's the the thing, I want to challenge you with this. Even with that, there were a lot of things that we were not able to do this year. We had to pull the reins back because we couldn't accomplish certain things, one of them being Lyman. Um, And and there's several things that we still want to do. And so my challenge is is this, if you have not engaged with us financially and started tithing, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, that, that's part of the biblical principles that we're taught is to tithe. And, and I want to encourage you to do it. Because here's the thing is, if everyone in the church is doing it, um, none of those things are an issue at that point. Because we're all tithing and it just takes care of itself. It's just incredible. We're, we're able to do the things that God's calling us to accomplish. So that's, that's uh, another challenge for you. Uh, The next one talks about baptisms. This is my favorite every year. I just love this. We had 75 baptisms this year. Uh, People that were being, yeah, coming to Christ and being baptized. Uh, But even more than that, this is something that I just, I love, I absolutely love, is that we had 45 different baptizers this year. Uh, We have a philosophy here that's just baptize people, baptize people. And the challenge goes like this. If you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, we want you fostering an out relationship with somebody that doesn't know Christ in hopes that you'll be able to share the gospel with them. And that you, when they receive Christ, you'll get in the baptistry. You'll get wet. You get to baptize them. Because the great commission is for every disciple of Jesus Christ, not just pastors. It's for, it's for you and for me. And I promise you this, in 2024, if you commit yourself to engage on a deeper level with what God is doing here and you are in tune and you partner with the Holy Spirit and the work that he is already doing in the lives of the people around you and you're fostering those out relationships in hopes of being able to share the gospel with them, you're going to get wet this year. I promise you that. Why? Because God loves them and cares for them far more than you ever could. He desires a relationship with them. And if you'll open yourself up to be used by the Holy Spirit in that way, you're going to find yourself getting wet this year. And I pray and hope every one of you do. I can tell you that years and years ago, before I was ever in ministry, uh, I, I got in the baptistry for the very first time, and I baptized this young guy, and it wrecked my life. It changed me forever. All of a sudden, everything else that I thought was important went away, and I was like, this is where it's at. Because this is not just for this life, but this is for all of eternity. And there's nothing more important than this. And it changed my focus. It changed everything about my life. And I promise you, the same thing will happen for you if you'll just partner with the Holy Spirit in the work that He is already doing. I know He wants to use you in big ways this year. Uh, our volunteers this is one of the key indicators that we're a healthy church to me because we're serving, uh, we're Christ like in the fact that we, we you know, get down on our hands and knees, and we wash the feet of the people around us. And, and if you see uh, one of these teams up here, maybe you're not familiar with all these teams, and you're like, I didn't know they had that. Like, I'm gifted in that, or I could do that. Then all you have to do is just get a hold of Morgan. She'll get you hooked up and get you going this year. But uh, like 31 in the greeting team, we have four people on our count team. We have 30 people on our worship team. We have 12 on our breakfast team. If you're like, ooh, I like breakfast. Um, talk to Morgan. She can hook you up, okay? Get you going on that. There's so many cool ways of just serving the body here at Mountain View Fellowship. But I'm so proud of our our congregation because we do serve. Uh, they always talk about, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and we're way beyond that. And I, I think that's just God moving and working in your hearts and, and getting you involved. And so, But we can do much better. And so I hope that this next year that we'll engage on a deeper level. Uh, I put the kids up front uh, because... They're not the church of someday. They're the church today. And uh, it's amazing to see what's happening in our kids and youth. Uh, our student ministry and our kids' ministry is second to none. It's just incredible what's happening. But uh, we, we have 20, average 20 kids in our kid mid, which is a middle of the week kids' Bible study. Isn't that incredible? That's elementary kids coming in to learn the Word of God. And if they can do it, we can do it, right? And so often as adults, we're like, I don't have time. And these elementary kids are growing by leaps and bounds. And I want to encourage you with that and say, Le- we all need to be doing that. Uh, our youth group, uh, something they did differently this year is they took Monday and Wednesday night. It used to be junior high and high school. And they combined the two on Wednesday night, but they're rotating them. And I think the only time they come together is during worship or something like that. But they're rotating. They got this really cool system for junior high and senior high. And here's what's interesting. Even though uh, 64 was the average this year, they're uh, They're right at about 100 students every Wednesday night right now, which is phenomenal. So uh, pray for our youth leaders, all right? Uh, Some great stuff happening there. Also, 92 high school and junior high kids went to summer camp this year uh, because of your generosity, because love gives. And uh, we were able to send 92 high school and junior high kids to a life-changing week this last summer where they just focused solely upon God. And so uh, thank you. Thank you for supporting that. Um, Our women's ministry they, uh, ladies, you're killing it. It's amazing. You're doing some amazing stuff. Uh, 135 women went to the women's retreat this year. Uh, we got three Bible studies going on right now with over 200 ladies. You want to see something cool, come in here on you know, one of the mornings when they're having a Bible study and there's 120 ladies gathered and studying the word of God. I mean, it's just phenomenal how, how our ladies are growing. Um, also, something I want to point out, uh, we have 11 women in our bold movement right now, which is a seminary level course. So we got 11 ladies working through that right now, growing. Uh, we got eight ladies who went through training, learned how to study the Word of God in a way that they could prepare it so that they could teach it. So we got eight ladies on a teaching team, and they are amazing, incredible at studying the Word of God and being able to teach that. And then, of course, uh, bottom right there, 60 ladies are registered for MOPS. If you don't know what MOPS is, it's mothers of preschoolers. And uh, we got an entire group of ladies that are connecting over a season of life, and uh, if you know a mother that has a preschool uh, student, um, they need prayer, right? They need help. And uh, we've got a lot of ladies connecting over that. And here's what's really interesting is uh, about 50 percent of them are non-believers. They're not even part of this church. It's one of our greatest outreach um, ministries. And they're ministering to these ladies who are coming in because they're looking for connection. They need help. And uh, we got a lot of ladies, even in this room, that are part of MOPS. Whether you're part of it or whether you're one of the mentor moms or whatever, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And keep serving in that because it's so valuable. Uh, men, uh, this year, I'm, I'm so encouraged because after 18 years of saying we're going to be a church full of men, it felt like we had a breakthrough this year. There was something happened. God just really moved in the hearts of men. Uh, we had 41 men go to the men's retreat this year. Uh, we have four ongoing Bible studies right now with over uh, 47 guys on average. We had 195 guys that went through our better man. Uh, there was just nothing better than coming into this auditorium. Yeah. And, and seeing almost 200 men in here, you know, learning what it means to be a godly man, how to lead uh, life, how to lead their families that way. And so it's just phenomenal. So men, pay attention because 2024, we got a lot bigger and better stuff coming up for next year as well. Uh, Growth, this is important. This whole page is important, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Because um, we don't want to just be a church that's an inch deep and a mile wide, okay? We we don't want to just reach people with the gospel, baptize them, and good luck, pat them on the back and send them out the door. We want them at that point to take the next step to become more like Christ every day, to grow, to go deeper in their faith and in their walk. And so we take this very seriously. Now, I'll just tell you, this is not my strong suit. Uh, I'm an evangelistic pastor, that's, that's my heart, and so Pastor Mike is, is our growth pastor, and uh, when he came in, he helped us really, really get focused on this, and so if, if you're looking to grow in your faith, get with Pastor Mike, and uh, he'll get you plugged in, get you going. We had uh, seven context classes, we had, uh, you know, we had 33 people that went to Israel this last March, which was good, because I don't know when the next time will be that we'll be able to get back. Uh, But there was something cool about taking 33 people just from this congregation to Israel, took a tour of the Holy Land, because now they open up the Word of God. They can read it in 3D. They've been in all those places, and so it's incredible. So hopefully that will open back up soon, and we can get uh, back to taking people over there. Uh, We had um, eight parents attend intentional parenting. Um, We had 11 uh, life groups, including 120 people. Uh, Pastor Mike sends out a text every morning uh, through the week that sends you a little passage to read and then a question or a couple of questions that help you get deeper in the word of God. And we had uh, uh, 335 subscribers to that. And this last year, 78,355 of those go read texts went out. That's a lot of contact with people just going into the word of God. And so anything that we can do to help you grow, we want to talk to you about that and get you growing to become more like Christ every day. Missions and outreach. This is something that this is where our heart is at. Uh, we're, we're supporting right now four different missionary uh, missionary organizations. So monthly, we support them financially, and uh, some of them are substantial. We, we try to help keep them going, keep, keep them growing. We don't want them to worry about where the funds are going to come from because they're focused on, on, you know, like our, our orphanage in Bolivia. They're just focused on caring for those kids and continuing to, to develop and, and grow um, more housing and stuff for those kids. And so it's incredible to me what we've seen uh, happen down there over the last 14, 15 years uh, we've had a long-standing relationship with them, and actually, we sent 10 people down there this year on a missions trip. They got to go work at those orphanages. They're also building a brand-new orphanage in Ribadalta, which is just north of there, and so we're going to hopefully be part of another orphanage going in as well. Um, outreach locally, we had seven big events this year. If you ever wonder, why in the world would they do a, a square dance at the church? You know, why would they do a kid's day and have bounce houses out there? The whole idea with that is just exposure to our community. To, to reach our community, it gives you the, op, uh, the opportunity to be able to invite your neighbors and your coworkers workers and, and friends and classmates to come with you and, and come into the church. We find so often that people will walk in here and they'll be like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And then they're more open to come on Sunday mornings and be a part of what's happening here on Sundays as well. And so we're excited to, um, for 2024 because we have a lot of those events planned. Um, this is one of the big ones for us. We prayed and prayed and prayed about this over the last several years, been working on it for a couple of years. And so this year, it's so nice to be able to say we finally officially launched our NVF Espanol ministry. Uh, we hired Pastor Miguel and got him in, his, him and his family from Phoenix. They're here with us. And he's been working on per, um, putting together a launch team. Now, they're not up officially. They haven't launched their service yet. But right now, they're actually having a launch team, pre-launch team service back in Noble. You go back there, there's a group of people that are worshiping. They're in the the Word of God and studying right now in Spanish. And uh, they're building that team. And the goal, and this is something you can be praying about, their goal is to officially launch the Spanish-speaking service come Easter of 2024. And that's at the end of March. And I promise you this, it'll be here before you know it. And so they need a lot of prayer. Uh, The reason I bring that up too is not only can you be praying for that, but we have flyers that are in Spanish and English. And so you can actually just take that and hand them to um, to your neighbor or your friend or you know your classmate, and all of us know somebody or in contact with somebody who speaks Spanish that that they need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so hand that to them, invite them to come, and they can be a part of what uh, what they're getting ready to launch back there. They've already had eight pre-launch services. Uh, they actually had five men attend Mehor Ombre. They, they did Better Man as well. So they had their own table with five men that went through that. So uh, just exciting stuff happening on that front. So be praying for them. Uh, the next one is Hope Renewed Counseling. Uh, it was great this year to finally have that up and going after all these years of just working and getting it together. And uh, Alana came in as the director. She got that going for us. They've got uh, four active counselors right now. Uh, three of them were hired this year, so it's growing, 53 clients, and already they've, uh, they've had 489 sessions with individuals. That's a lot of help, a lot of help. That's already happened uh, here in 2023. And then, of course, you guys know if you were here a few months ago, TBK Bank uh, donated the house to us for the counseling center. And so we've done a bunch of demo work in there. We're getting ready to start the remodel on that. That's another thing in 2024. We want to we give them a home, a place to, to gather and to meet with people um, outside of the church. And I'm excited about getting that up and going. But again, that's another thing that's going to take finances to get that done. And, um, you know, because the county's going to get involved and they're going to want us to put it. Anyway, I'll leave it alone. So... <laughs> So we're really excited about that. Also, uh, they've got two counselors uh, that have completed and two that are going through the process right now uh, of uh, Christian Counseling Certification course, and so they're going through that right now. So we're excited about even adding more counselors as we go forward. Uh, Our facilities, I put this in here because I think for the most part, a lot of people have no clue what happens during the week at church. Uh, We joke about, you know, as pastors... Um, we only have to work for one hour a week, and we only have to study one book, right? Uh, but there's so much more that goes in, and the facility's open all week long, and there's so many things that happen here. And a couple of things I wanted to point out, one of the things I wanted in there is I wanted to point out to you that we hosted 19 funerals uh, this year. And I know that, that maybe you're like, why would you put that in there? And I want you to know that the majority of those funerals that we did this, this year were very difficult funerals. Um, people who uh, just passed in what, what we would consider way too soon, left behind a family, um, others, drug, ado, uh, drug overdose, things like that. A lot of these were from outside of the church. It was community, and they asked to use our facility. We were able to come alongside that family. We hosted it. Many times one of the pastors would do the service. Our meals team would come in. They would serve them a, a meal for a reception. We would love on that family, literally, hands and feet of Christ, to families within our community that had no other contact with this church. And we were just finding that it's one of the greatest ways that we can reach our community and love on them and show them who Jesus is. And so um, also we had 10 local school district events here. The school is starting to use the facility more. They're, you know, they had choir concerts here. They had uh, talent contests, band concerts. And I, there's just something amazing about having all of our, our community students in here with all of their parents and many of them don't go to church anywhere. And here they are uh, at, at Mountain View Fellowship. And we're so thrilled to be able to host them. And so I just love it. Uh, we had 111 runners run all of our 5Ks this last year too. And by the way, we got another one tomorrow. So if you want to start the year off right, you can show up. I think it starts at 2.30. Uh, but here's what's cool. It starts at 2. Sorry. Um, 2 o'clock. And here's, here's what's cool. If you jump in and do that, uh, we haven't told anybody. But they're given everybody that runs in that, and you can just walk the mile if you want to do that, if you're not a runner. Um, But there's a really, really cool Mountain View Fellowship beanie that you get. It's just (laughs) awesome. So uh, right after this race, you're going to see me wearing mine all the time. So anyway, uh, that's some of the facility. And then, of course, social media. Social media is just another arm that reaches out and touches our community. It's another way of getting the word out promoting all the things that are going on here at the church in hopes of being able to share the gospel with them. And uh, just a couple of things I want to point out. i got over 1,500 followers on Facebook and over 500 on Instagram. And a lot of those people are not even uh, members of this church. Like, they have nothing to do with this church. They came in contact with one of you. And they were interested, and so they started checking us out online. And so uh, we're just excited about that. Um, The last page here, we just threw this in. We had a lot of people fill out reviews, send us uh, comments about the church. And that's just there for you to remember. Uh, I'm sorry, that's just there for you to be able to read and just to hear what people are saying about Mountain View Fellowship. And it's very encouraging. So we stuck some of those in there for you to be able to read when you get time. But here's the bottom line. I hope that as you read through all of this, that you kind of land where I did, where you start to remember love gives. It gives. This is how God works through his people as we begin to give of ourselves to the, to the world around us. Why? Because we love Jesus and we love the people around us, even those that don't know Christ. We love them to Jesus. That's how, that's how this works. We foster these relationships and we pray and hope that 2024 is this monumental year where we begin to see God move at even a bigger uh, a bigger way of just moving in and through His people and using us to bring glory and honor to His name, to reach people that are far from Him. And so what does 2024 look like? Well, right off the bat, I just want to tell you, I've mentioned a couple of these already, but Hope Renewed Counseling, we want to remodel that. We want to get them in as quick as possible. So we're working on that. If that's something you're interested in, talk to Alana, talk to me. We'd love to talk to you about it. But we're excited about getting these counselors in their own permanent home where they can start meeting with people on a more regular basis and not competing for space here at the church. Um, also, um, we're going to launch the Spanish-speaking service, as I said already. Uh, Easter is going to be here before we know it. And would you pre- please pray for Miguel as he begins to uh, build that team? We want to double that team before we get to, that, uh, to, the, to Easter, the end of March. And so pray for them, because that's a lot of work. And if there's ways that you want to partner with them, go talk to him. I know he'd love to talk to you about that. Also, um, Lyman... Is another big one. Uh, I shared with you just a minute ago, uh, we already have a pastor who's agreed to come and be our pastor for the Lyman campus. And we would have brought him on had I had the funds before now. But we are actually meeting with him in two weeks. And I'm excited about uh, this young guy and, and bringing him out to get boots on the ground in Lyman and really start uh, to build a congregation there in Lyman that's gonna proclaim who Jesus Christ is to that, that area of the state. And so we're excited about those things. And there's so many other things that we could go into. We don't have time for today, but uh, just know that I believe that if we are what we read in Joshua, if we are strong and courageous, if we're obedient, then we're gonna see some amazing things happen this year. We're gonna see God move in bigger ways than ever before. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. I hope you do too. I hope that you'll engage with us on a deeper level. So here's what I want to do. I want to end with us just kind of uh, proclaiming what we read in Joshua earlier. Would you go ahead and stand? And we're going to read this together uh, out loud, not just reading it as though it's Scripture, but proclaiming it. Because here's the deal. This uh, this event happened probably about 3,400 years ago. 3,400 years ago, and it was recorded in Scripture. Fast forward 3,400 years later, here we are today at the end of 2023, and I think it's just as relevant for us today as it was for them back then. And so let's read this and proclaim it today. Would you read with me? Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? Amen.